Welcome, everyone. Glad to have you guys here at New Life. Is anybody excited to be at New Life today? Wow, wow, okay, wow. Awesome. Hey, my name's Jeff. I'm one of the pastors on staff. Uh, It is a joy to actually be here. I want to say a big hello to all of you that are out on the North Platte campus right now. I love you guys. Dave rocked it last week, by the way. Um, as our campus pastor out there, he was preaching live right here. And so I know you guys were excited about it. So, uh, way to go out there, Dave. You're doing a great job for us. Um, the other thing is I want to say hello to all of you that are worshiping with us down in the venue, the venue. Yeah. Uh, it's the, uh, affectionately, it's the group that we affectionately call the gym rats. So, uh, they're down in the gym right now and, uh, we've got a whole nother service that's happening. And so you're, uh, you're in one church, uh, you're in a church that has multiple locations. You're only in one of those locations right now. And so God's really blessed us in some incredible ways. In fact, you know, I've been the lead pastor here for uh, just a little over three years now. It really is just uh, three years and a couple of months. And it's not because of me. I know that. But what I'm getting ready to say is, is because of God um, and all of us working together. You know, three years ago, we were, we were one church in one location that met right in our main auditorium that I'm standing in right now. We had two services, and that's who we were. And God was doing great things. There was nothing wrong with that. That's, that was God's provision. That was God's grace. And um, God, God touched a lot of people's lives through that model. And uh, after getting here, one of the things I really felt in my heart that God was saying to me, Jeff, when you go back to new life, there is a mission that you go back there with. And I felt like God literally said, I've created a healthy church there, right? I've created a healthy church. Reproduce the health of the church. Reproduce it. And so instantaneously, we launched what's called the venue. And it's down and it meets in the gym. And so we, we quickly went from uh, one main auditorium to now two auditoriums. And we went from two services to three services because the gym meets at 1045. And then a little while after that, we were given the opportunity to go, you know, birth again, out of our health, a new church. And so we went out to North Platte and we planted a church out there. And those guys have been meeting at the 1045 time slot as well uh, for about uh, a year and a half, almost two years now, they've been doing that. And God has seen, God, God has helped us see some incredible growth. So we've moved from one main auditorium with two services to three now locations and four services. And let me tell you what we need to do. We, we actually need to add more services now. God keeps adding people. So here's what happened. At the end of, uh, of the spring, right before we went into summer, uh, we, we were recognizing some things. North Platte was peaking out at around 200 people um, in their attendance out there. It was phenomenal. And it was, it was enough people that was warranting us to start saying, we have to launch another service. The same thing was happening down in the venue. These are smaller like worship centers, right? Not as large as our main auditorium. We have a lot of space in our main auditorium. Uh, these are smaller environments. So the venue was seeing numbers like 225, and they were, they were pegging out. Um, and so we were watching this dynamic take place, and then we slip into summer. Well, we praised God for summer, um, because summer now has given us an opportunity to kind of evaluate where we're at and the next steps that we need to take. And we've taken a lot of the summer to strategize, to plan, and to pray. In fact, these conversations of what we need to do next started before summer. So I've got a big announcement for you. Are you guys ready for a big announcement? All right, you ready for a big announcement? 
Here's what we need to do. We're going to launch another service in North Platte. We're going to, they're going to have two worship services. And we're going to launch another service down in the venue. They're going to have two worship services. And so we'll have two worship services in our main, two worship services down in the venue, and two worship services out in North Platte so that we can accommodate the growth and accommodate people that are wanting to come in and be a part of this loving, caring body called New Life and grow in their relationship with God. I don't know about you. I'm actually very excited about that. It's a great problem to have, right? It's a great problem to have. Now, how does it affect you right now, everyone that's listening to me? Whether you're in North Platte or you're in the venue or you're here in our main auditorium, how does that affect you? Well, surprisingly enough, it's not as easy as you might think just to launch a new service. I I thought to myself, back when I was on staff here and we went from one service in our main auditorium to two services, When we went to that structure, there was a lot of prayer, a lot of thought, a lot of things went into that. Many of you that are here, you weren't even here during that time. Um, A lot of you had no clue that we were in this main auditorium and this one service. I remember going to that structure. And those service times that we put into play all of those years ago when I was just a youth pastor here have been the service times we've been working with for many, 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 many years. Well, that was a good, that's a great lesson to learn. That when, when you give something enough prayer and you give something enough uh, you know, thought and process, that when you make a critical decision, it can be something you can live with for a long time. I'm praying that these changes that we're getting ready to make are changes that, just like those days, we'll be able to capitalize on that and we'll be able to build Um, as well and hold something steady and solid but I do need to let you know that what I'm getting ready to tell you is an experiment (laughs) so all of that setup like I'm getting ready to roll out the thing it's an experiment we're going to give it our best and if we need to tweak it we're going to tweak it and it's going to affect you we found at our church that the bulk share of people have been wanting to come at the 1045 time slot and that the 9 o'clock time slot has been a much harder uh, time slot to cause growth in so knowing that We've got all this growth happening at 1045, and knowing that you guys like options. Who likes options? Yeah, everybody likes options. We want to to give you options, and we want to create two service times that have the ability to grow. So hang on to your seat. Here they come. The new service times are going to roll out Sunday, September the 11th. It's going to be 945 and 1115. Those will be the two new service times that we're going to roll out, 945 and 1115. That means you guys are stuck right in the middle. You get an option. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to do two critical things for me. First off, I need you to do this. Start praying, God, which service do you want me to attend? The 945, right? Or the 1115. And I need you to pick one and and then come to it and see how it works. We're doing an experiment. I would fully expect you and your family to do an experiment and to see which one's going to work for you, all right? All right. And then the second thing is this. We want September the 11th, when we kick off the fall, I'm also going to be kicking off a brand new teaching series that I'm very excited about, and it's called Live Dead. It's it's going to be a moving um, uh, sermon series. It's going to last for a number of weeks. It's going to be something that has the ability to literally rewrite your spiritual DNA 
um, and cause you to live with an intensity for God that maybe you've, you've yet to live in this, in this intensity. So I want you to figure out who's somebody that you can invite to worship with you on Sunday, September the 11th. So all of this stuff's rolling out. Sunday, September the 11th, you'll hear more about it. 9.45 and 11.15. Um, can, I, can I just get somebody to clap just for a moment that we're going to do something new, all right? Come on. We... You just got to remember, remember what I said like three weeks ago, we're not married to method. Service times are method, all right? We're married to the mission. The mission is, the mission is this, let's preach the good news of Jesus Christ, let's see people come into a relationship with him, and then let's disciple them along the spiritual journey so that they can become all that God wants them to be. That's the mission, we're married to that, we're not going to divorce that. The way we do it, service time structures and those kinds of things, we're dating those. And those things will change from time to time. And this is one of those moments when they're going to change. So be praying about that with me, okay? So I I don't know if you can tell, but I get a little excited about this kind of stuff. Let me tell you what I'm really excited about, though. Because I'm talking about structure and I'm talking about service times. You need to know that that's not what I'm excited about. What I am excited about is what's happening in the lives of people. I'm excited about your stories when you come and you tell me about how you've been reading the scripture and God's done something and he caused it to come alive in you. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about when you talk to me and you tell me about when you were praying and how God spoke to you and you felt this nudging of the Holy Spirit, this whisper of God, and it caused you to take some action in what God's done in light of that. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about when you, you share, you know, you share with me your friend that you invited to church and I get a chance to meet them and, you know, then we watch their lives together get turned inside out and upside down for Jesus. I'm excited about that. All of that causes us to have to change everything I was just talking about, but it's the heart change of people that recharges me. It's not changing things. It's the heart of you and you allowing God to do amazing things in your life and through your life and then you share it with us. That's what recharges me. And today, that's what we want to talk about in our current teaching series called Campfire. We want to talk about when we come around the campfire of God, the presence of God, one of the purposes why God wants us to meet him there and and, and be in his presence is because he wants to recharge us. So, I thought maybe to help us understand what this whole recharging thing was, was, would be maybe to do this. Would you please grab your cell phone? Does everybody have a cell phone? Grab your cell phone, all right? Raise it up in the air, wave it, right? Yay, ho, hey. All right, you guys got it? Okay, good. Uh, that was really lame. I'm the only one going, hey, ho. Come on, you guys, what's your problem? Let's have a little fun. We're at church, right? Remind yourself, you can still smile at church. You can still laugh at church. I got somebody all in the way in the back holding their phone up. That was good. That was good. I like that. Okay. Oh, up in the balcony. I can even see you in North Platte. Good job. All right. My cell phone, my cell phone is a lot like yours. I use it for everything. I use it for texting. I use it for emailing, right? Does anybody else use it for those things? I use it for social media like the city here at the church. 
If you're not on the city, you're missing it. It's where I find out some of the great things that God's doing in your life. It's on the city that many times you will post about a prayer request or you'll post about something incredible that God did or that God said to you or that God's spoken to your life during a service. And it's, it's a little different than Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. It's something that's closed and it's just our church and you can celebrate the spiritual awakenings that take place in our lives, right? And you can put prayer requests out there and I love it. And so I'm engaged with you guys, um, whoever's on that in that way i also use my phone to take pictures anybody else use their phone to take pictures yeah some of you guys are good at it right you got the selfie thing down i got it down that's my hold right there that's my grip right it's kind of like my sign right there i got it if you guys want to copy it you can copy it it's that i mean i can do anything with that snap it hey like that so you know with whatever behind me whatever i've got going on so I got, my, I got my selfie, I also use it as a photo album, and I show off pictures of like my grandchildren, and my wife, and then, you know, me, and then all these little other random places that I've been that you don't care about. And then, um, and then I also watch it, I also use it to watch Netflix and Hulu. Anybody else use yours to watch those kind of things? Come on, don't leave me hanging up here. I know that you do. You're like... Oh, pastor, we're at church. I can't tell people what I watch. I watch The Blacklist, all right? So, come on. Let's, there you go. I don't know what you guys watch, but I'm, I'm sitting around. I'm watching stuff on my phone. Um, how many you guys listen, you use your phone to listen to music? Yeah. All right, now we've got some people like, okay, you finally got to my level. Good, all right. And then for some of you that, you know, you have a different level, you use your phone to access all your business files, like through, uh, you know, Google Drive, and through Dropbox, come on, let me hear from all the business professionals. Ugh. Yeah, don't be too excited, people. All right. Yeah, I, one person clapped, like one clap, a clap. I'm excited. I'm excited about those accounting pages. Those are amazing. Um, okay, so anyways, I have to be excited about that kind of stuff. I have to use that. How about, wait, how about this? You use your phone for weather updates? Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. How about GPS directions? Oh, yeah. Last but not least, last but not least, playing games. Everyone's like, not me. I don't. I'm going to delete that right now. Of course, of course you use it to play games. Okay, let's get the last group. It's your calculator. How many guys would say this is your calculator? There you go. Okay. All right, that's lame. I can't believe I got a greater response on calculator than I did on games. We use our phone for we use our phone for all kinds of things, and the thing that we are battling the entire time is the battery. The battery is our worst enemy, right? And so I thought I would talk to you about the fact that you know in recharging our phones have to be recharged. Everybody knows that, or we don't get to do all the fun stuff we just talked about, right? But the whole time we're using it, the charge is being drained out of it. And if your phone's like mine, by the end of the day. It's like almost gone, if not having gone already. Um, and so we're constantly finding that. So the battery inside of our phone is kind of like our worst enemy. We're battling against it, but that battery has to be recharged. And the battery basically has four stages to it. So track this with me, right? The battery has a full stage, all right? Come on, someone give it up for full stage on your battery. Come on, you know it. You know you like that because then you can do this. All the data searching you want to do, yeah. And you can take pictures and post them and send them out and play games. And you can even do Pokemon Go with a full battery. Let's say Pokemon, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> Who said that? Some little, some kid did? 
Isn't there a power kids service that some kids should be in or something? <laughs> I'm just joking, just joking, just joking. I love, I love being corrected, just not on the platform. Okay. No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, so you're, you're playing that game, all right, <laughs> with no worries because it's a full charge. Um, it's exciting. When you got a full charge, I mean, life, life has no limits. You can just go do anything you want. But then all of a sudden you look down and your phone has that second, that second stage of battery, right? It's got the half charge. It's already got a frown on its face, right? It's already there. But what do we do when our phone goes to half charge? The same thing we did when it was full charge. It's like, it ain't stopping me, right? I'm just going to keep on rocking and rolling with this thing. You can't slow me down because I think I can make it all the way to the end of the day. Well, any of you guys that drive, you know that it seems as if once the needle gets past the halfway on the tank, doesn't it go quicker than the first half? Yeah, right. It's, it's crazy. I don't understand that either, but that's the, way, that's the way it seems to work for me. And the same thing works for our phone because all of a sudden you look down and the third stage happens, the red stage. Yeah, and just like here, a little tear comes out of your eye because now you're like, I, I can't, I have to start conserving battery, right? You start getting a little worried. Now you can't, you know, stalk your friends on Facebook as much as you wanted to. You have to dial it back a little bit. And so, you know, you, you, you just can't use it the way you want to. You're not as free to use it. And then there's this worry all the time of like, when is, when is, the, when is it going to go dead, right? And even mentioning that for some of you right now, you've got that phobia of, cell phone death right now you've got there's that there's that gut feeling that you've got right now it's on the inside of you and you're like no don't go there yeah i'm going there the fourth stage (laughs) some of you can't even look at it you're like no i will i will not look at it i can't look at it yeah it's the fourth stage it's the cell phone is dead it finally has given it up right when your boss wanted to call you and tell you you got the raise or the promotion oh it died right right when you need to look at the next gps thing and you're completely lost in a city you don't know where you're where you're at and then boom it's gone and now you're totally lost it's that worst case scenario what do you do with your phone then Do you just throw it down on the ground and give up on it and stomp all over it and just say, you're worthless, I can't believe it, and just like get rid of it? Is that what you do with it? No. You frustratingly, although some of you are somewhat addicted, you'll actually go talk to complete strangers. Hey, do you guys have like a phone charger? Because I need one, right? Some of you guys are standing and you found outlets in places like Hy-Vee, Walmart, and other businesses that no one even knows exist because you were so desperate to find that charge. It's like an addiction. Hey, dude, listen, seriously, man. I just need to borrow your cord, dude, because I, 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 I just need to get like three minutes. Just give me three minutes of charge. Three minutes of charge. I can get back. I can send that email. Oh, I got to get back so I can see that accounting file. I just need three minutes of charge, right? I mean, we go crazy when our cell phone's dead. It's like life has come to an end. Well, there's no reason to live anymore. Might as well go to bed. Cell phone's dead. We're so geared around this thing. It's amazing to me. But you do realize your life is a lot like that battery. Your physical life, think with me, your physical life needs to be recharged, doesn't it? Yeah, that's why you sleep. That's why you eat. It recharges you. So does your spiritual life. Your spiritual life needs to be recharged as well. And it needs to be recharged over and over and over again. You and me, we were not meant to live in the red zone, the dead zone, or the half zone. God designed us to live in the full zone. That's where he called us to. 
And so for so many of you today, if I were to ask you to take a, take a piece of paper and write, a, write a, one line at the top and one line at the bottom and the top line would be full and the bottom line would be empty, where would you put your spiritual charge at right now? Where would it be on that, on that paradigm? Would it be right in the middle? Would it be down in the red zone? Would it be kind of up towards the top? Everybody's going to have a different response to that, but where are you at? I know this one thing for sure. God wants us to be full, and he's got a purpose for us to be full because he wants us to figure out how to give it away and to use it for his kingdom. So let's jump in today. Dave used a scripture last week in Mark chapter 6 that I'm going to use again today. And let me just set it up. In Mark chapter 6, here's what happens. Jesus had sent out his disciples to go do ministry and work in all these remote uh, villages. And then they've come back to give Jesus the report. Listen to the report. Pay close attention to what Jesus did when they gave the report. Mark chapter 6, he says that the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour. I love that verbiage. The ministry tour and told him all that they had done and taught. They, th- then Jesus said to them, okay guys, that's awesome. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and let's rest for a while right? He said, this, he said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and, and his apostles, they didn't even have time to what? Eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. Now, if you read that passage, you're going to quickly figure out they didn't get to be alone and that later Jesus did follow through and he found a way to get a retreat. But here's the part I really want you to get. The disciples come back and they are all fired up. Jesus, we went to this town, we prayed for this kid, and he was blind and his eyes are open and now he can see. Jesus, I went to this other town, I prayed for this guy, he was demon-possessed, the demons came out, and now he's free. Jesus, I went and I taught what you taught the other day. Wow, powerful. People got it. It soaked into their heart. When we walked away, half of the town gave their life to you, Jesus. I mean, some other towns, yeah, they didn't like it and they kicked us out. But man, there was greater response to what was going on than rejected. It was amazing. You know what we would have done? We would have high-fived each other. We would have patted each other on the back. And we would have said, that is awesome. What worked for you? Because let's figure that out so we can go do it again. Instead, Jesus goes, hey, that's awesome, guys. You know what we need to do? We, we need to actually get away. See, Jesus is looking at your life from a different paradigm than maybe what you're looking at it from. Jesus is looking at it from what your spiritual charge is, not what your ministry impact is. Oh, he cares about your ministry impact, but he cares more about what your spiritual charge is than he cares about what you can do for him. And that was modeled right there when Jesus said, okay, that's awesome. You know what we need to do? We need to get away. Why do we need to get away? We need to get away because whether you realized it or not, disciples, you just lost some charge out of everything that you were giving. I need to build you back up. So please notice that ministry and being involved in ministry, like what I do as the lead pastor of this church, does not equate to a spiritual full charge. It's not what I do that gives me the full charge. It's when I stop what I do and I get away with him being God, that I get a full charge. And we're going to talk quite a bit about that today. And you know, here's the thing though, if we don't do that, Jesus would even say this to his disciples, if you will. Guys, basically in the, in the essence of we need to get away, he's saying to them as well that if we don't get away, you're going to start thinking that all the great things that took place happened because of you. And they didn't happen because of you, they happened because of what I was doing. 
He said, well, let's get away and let's focus our attention back on the one who gave you the authority to go and heal, who gave you the authority to go and teach before you start thinking that maybe it was just about you. See, there's consequences, church, if we don't get away. If we don't come to the fire of God, there's consequences if we don't do that. If we don't come to the fire of God and recharge in his presence, there's great consequences. Let me just run through a few of them really quick. Here's one of them. You'll become a spiritual zombie. That seems like a pretty popular concept these days. The zombie folk, you know, uh, machine that's out there in Hollywood creating all kinds of movies and TV shows and all that kind of stuff. Um, you'll become a spiritual zombie. You're, you're dead and you don't even realize it. Everyone else can see it and they can smell it, by the way. They can see it and smell your spiritual deadness. You can't. And so what do you do? You walk around causing destruction and damage everywhere you go. But you, you can't see it. Because you're the spiritual zombie. That's what happens when we, that's a consequence of not recharging spiritually and just trying to last off of whatever the last charge was at some big high peak moment. Here's another consequence that you get this. You get spiritually weird. Yeah, these are deep theological words here. You get spiritually weird. You start taking minor issues and making them major issues. What do I mean by that? You, you start taking doctrine thoughts but you only you only get half of the thought and you start running with it as if you got all of the thought so you take a statement from some preacher or some teacher that you heard or some some part of one scripture and you start you start majoring on that and making a whole truth out of it and you get spiritually weird and everyone else can see it people instantly pick up on it but you don't see it because that's part of the consequence of not being recharged spiritually and running on the red zone and in the dead zone. Here's another one. You settle. You start exchanging high passion for God and high engagement with God for low energy with God and low involvement. Some of you are great leaders, and you've exchanged that great leadership just to be a follower. That's what happens when we don't recharge. We lose sight of who God made us to be, and we stop striving for high engagement and high and high passion and we exchange it for low energy and low involvement but last but not least here's another consequence you you become a spiritual closed loop there's a lot of closed loop systems in our world there's closed loop agricultural systems where a crop is grown and then it's used in that village where there's energy produced and it's used right there there's nothing wrong with that closed loop, but there is something wrong when you become spiritually a closed loop. Many of us, we, we have at one point or another in our lives, or we're sitting here right now, are at a place where we've, we've come to understand that I just get enough charge on Sunday to make it through the week, but I don't have enough charge to really give anything else away. God didn't call you and me to become a spiritual closed loop. He wants to recharge us so that we have something to give to others. So I was on a plane the other day, and a lot of planes these days are going to Wi-Fi, but not all of them have Wi-Fi. And a lot of them are going to power sources right at your seat, but not all of them have that yet. And so I, was, I got there, I was on the plane a little early, and I was feeling around, and I, I noticed that there was no place to plug my phone in because... Right between the seats is kind of where they're starting to put the new plugs. So if you're on a plane, feel there. Maybe you can plug your phone in. Well, this plane didn't have that. So my, my phone was like desperately uh, low. And so I reach in my bag and I pull out of my bag and I, I pull this little handy-dandy device out. Right? It's a USB charger. It's got, actually it has two ports on it. And I can charge, I think, 
I think I can do four charges on a cell phone with this thing. So I pull this out and I plug my, my cable into it and I got my phone there and then about that time, you know, the people are coming on the plane and this gentleman sits down next to me and I got my phone there charging and uh, I see him going through the same routine. He's feeling around and he can't find anything and he doesn't have one of these little handy dandy devices. So he just frustratingly kind of wraps his cable back up and throws it back in his bag and I sit there and I notice it. And instantly what goes through my mind is, I, I've got enough charge. I got enough charge for four. In fact, I, got, I have two ports. And I say to him, I go, hey, looks like you need a charge. He goes, yeah, I, I mean, I need a charge bad. When I get off the plane, I got to make some you know, phone calls. I got to have some stuff happen. I go, well, man, hey, I'm charging my phone. I'll, I'll let you charge it. He goes, no, I don't want to take your charge. He thought I only had one port, right? And I said, no, uh-uh, that's not the case. I have, I have two ports. We can both charge at the same time. And he goes, wow, that's so nice, yeah. And he sticks it in there, and his phone gets all charged. And I'm thinking to myself, this is going to make a great sermon illustration. <laughs> and sure enough, it did. God wants you and me to recharge not so we're a closed loop just to get ourselves by. He wants us to recharge so that we have an abundance to share and to give to others. I went onto that plane ready to share. I went onto it fully prepared, fully recharged with, the, with my battery. And I'm glad I did because I needed it, but he needed it as well. So spiritual recharging is found throughout the Bible. Don't feel bad about it right now. If you're in a place where you're going, man, you know, if I had to mark myself on the you know, spiritual battery chart, I'd have to put it way down low. Man, I'm a failure. Don't think of yourself that way. Think of yourself as a person that should be grateful and thankful that you can recognize that that's where your spiritual battery's at. That you're not some spiritual zombie yet. That you're not someone that's just settling. That you're not somebody, you know, that's just a closed loop system looking for what you can get, but you're someone that's recognized where you're at. Because throughout the Bible, there's been a need for spiritual recharge. Let me start as an example with God. God, He creates the heavens and the earth, He creates everything that we see and we know, He creates man, He creates it all. How many days does it take God to create it all? How many days? Six days? It's seven days. You're going, hold on, man. I know I'm right. I got a Bible. It tells me it's six days. God, God's the one that made it seven days. Yes, he created it all in six, but he purposefully made it seven because he took the seventh day and he recharged in a way. Setting a great example for you and me that if God says creation is seven days, because I'm the one who put the last day on to sit back and to reflect on and to look at, then there's something that God's trying to say to you and me. A guy like Moses, Moses gets it early on. Moses takes 40-day retreats with God at God's orders at times, yes. But Moses also daily gets away with God in the tent of meeting. Take a look at what the Bible says about Moses meeting with God on, on the Mount Sinai and then meeting with God daily in the tent. It says that when Moses came down from his spiritual retreat on Mount Sinai, carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, um, he, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant, right? His face became radiant. Why? Because he spoke to the Lord. When you recharge with God, others start to see it. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance, they saw the effect of the spiritual recharge in Moses' face, they were afraid to even come near him. 
But here's what Moses does. Moses calls out to them and he asks Aaron and all the leaders of the community to come over and he talked with them. So then all the people of Israel approached him and Moses gave them all of the instructions that the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai during his spiritual retreat. When Moses finished speaking with them, he covered his face with a veil. But whenever he went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, look what he does. He would remove the veil until he came out again. Then when he came out, he would give the people whatever instructions that the Lord had just given him in the tent of meeting. Right? And the people of Israel would see the radiant glow of Moses' face, so he would put the veil back over his face until he returned again to speak with the Lord where in the tent of meeting. Moses, Moses recognizes that a spiritual recharge is necessary to be a leader. He's got a retreat 40 days on the mountaintop with God. But he doesn't just try to ride that out like many of us would. He's full. He's so full he's got this radiance about him that people are a little worried about. Moses doesn't just try to ride that out. Moses then turns daily to be with God in the tent of meeting. See, so many of us would have taken that retreat and we would have tried to ride it out. But Moses goes, no, I'm going to daily meet with God. And what happens? They still see the presence of God on him. Did you realize that even Jesus, Jesus had to recharge in, math, in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, this is what it says. It says that Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for what? Prayer. Jesus would get away, away to recharge, to refocus on his mission. And Jesus even commanded the disciples, you guys need a recharge. After, after his death and his resurrection as an ascension to heaven, he commands the disciples to wait in the upper room. And what, is, what does God send? a recharge of the Holy Spirit into their lives so that they can be his witness and go throughout the world and start preaching and teaching the gospel. So how many of us need a recharge? All of us. Every single one of us in this room right now, including me, because if you're at 95%, you need to be recharged to 100 today. If you're at 5%, you need to be recharged to 100 and get as much of that as we can so we can go and we can give it away. So then the question begs itself, how should we recharge? Well, you know, a couple months ago, I have to plug my phone in every night. Anybody else have to plug their phone in every night? Okay. Uh, something was going wrong, and I don't know what, it, what was up with it all, but I would plug my phone in, and it looked like it was charging. I would go to sleep, and it would stop charging. I'd wake up in the morning, and my battery would be more dead than what it was when I plugged it into the charger. And it was very frustrating until I figured out the solution and I got it fixed. But here's how that relates to us. I'm getting ready to tell you how should you recharge. I'm going to tell you about some basic spiritual disciplines. I'm going to tell you about them quickly. But you need to know something today. The spiritual discipline in and of itself is not what's going to recharge you. Just like me, I was going through the motions, plugging my phone in, thought I was doing it all right. It didn't recharge the phone. There was something else that had to happen. I had to fix this other piece. And the piece that you and me are going to have to make adjustments on is the heart. You can do all the spiritual disciplines you want in the world that's not going to equate to a spiritual recharge. The spiritual discipline done with the right heart all of a sudden activates the recharge and something powerful takes place. So, what can we learn from God's word that will help us to recharge? Here's a few of them very quickly. Solitude prayer. Solitude prayer. Notice that I didn't say prayer while you're making a meal, prayer while you're driving your car to work, prayer while you're watching TV, or prayer while you're reading the newspaper, or prayer while you're doing anything else. I'm talking solitude prayer. I'm talking getting the things in our lives that are distracting us out of the way and spending a few moments, five, ten, 
15 minutes spending a few moments of solitude with God so he can speak to you. Not so that you can just speak to him, but that you can just come up to his campfire and sit down for a few moments and quietly be with God. Here's another one, though. We need, as much as we need the solitude prayer, we need group prayer. We need to pray as a group. There's times when we need to come together in a life group and pray for each other, where friends need to pray for each other, where families stop before you eat and just spend a few moments in prayer. Just stop. Give God thanks. I know it feels redundant. Make it fresh. Find ways to make it fresh. Pray with our kids. Pray with, our, pray with your spouse. Find ways in a group to pray. It will recharge you. Let others pray for you. That will help recharge you. Solo retreats. Jesus said he got alone in the wilderness. That's a solo retreat. You know? So find ways that we can just kind of get away for a little bit of time, whether that means you're just gonna, you're gonna carve out the day and you're gonna give that day to God or you're gonna carve out instead of 5, 10, 15 minutes, you're gonna carve out the whole morning and you're gonna give that to God. Whatever that retreat looks like for you. But then also we need group retreats, right? There's moments when we need to go experience something together. Like we had the conference, uh, the GLS conference that was here on Thursday and Friday. It was a bit of a group retreat where we got, we got away, but we got away with others. And we were focusing on how we can develop to be the men and the women God wants us to be. A last, another one, be reflecting on God's word. I say these kind of things often, but remember, with the right heart, don't just try to see how much Bible you can read all the time. Sometimes you're reading so much Bible, you're getting nothing. I know over time it's about... Yes, putting God's word into your heart. I got it. But what if, you, what if you instead read for the attitude of reflect? Meaning you read and asked the Holy Spirit, show me what you're trying to say to me instead of reading for consumption. You read and say, what are you showing me? You know when I read like that, sometimes I get one verse. And I'm so inundated with the with the campfire of god the spirit of god i'm just so surrounded by god at that very moment i'm just soaking it in we need that but we also need to we also need to talk about god with others There's something powerful about that in fact recharging with others is is fun recharging with others is exciting we're getting ready to launch life groups in september recharge with others in a life group don't be a lone ranger I can't force you into a life group, but I can definitely encourage it, and I can say it enough until you get sick of it. But I'm just going to drive home the point. Recharging with others, praying together, retreating together, talking about God's word together. There's something about that in a life group setting that has the ability to recharge us. And then last but not least, we got this large group gathering. Don't forsake this large group, this large campfire gathering. It's at moments just like this that God sometimes rocks our world. Where one thing is said that I didn't even say, but God said it to you. Where one song is sung and something erupts on the inside of you and passion begins to flow and a recharge takes place. Don't forsake those. They're so simple those three things I just laid out for you, but they're so simple, but when you do them with the right heart, they have such an ability to recharge you spiritually so that you're not just a closed loop recharging for yourself, but you're an open loop recharging and giving away to others. You know, I'll never forget, I'll never forget what I would refer to as my very first 
solo retreat with God. I'll never forget it. I've been able to do a few of those since then, probably not enough of them. Um, I've tried to be as sensitive as I can to where my spiritual meter is at and recharge um, in unique ways as necessary. But I'll never forget the first time that I hopped on my motorcycle and I packed up my gear and I rode up to the Black Hills and I got a cabin and I got alone with God. It was just him and me. I felt like God had been speaking to me before that saying, Jeff, you, do, you, do think, you, you don't do anything alone. Everything you do is with other people. And it's not like God was saying that was bad, but then God, he turned the tables on me and he said basically, so why don't you just go do something with me? I'm like, oh man, you got me. <laughs> you got me. So I went up and got in the Black Hills and I just spent time in prayer. Spent time with an iPod and some music. I hiked up to the top of this little mountain and I stood there in in the mornings and would worship God. I stood there in the evenings and would worship God. It was so refreshing for me. And how I so badly want for you to find your spiritual battery being recharged in this life. I want to see you walk in the fullness of God. I want that for your life badly. I want you to Connect with God through those spiritual disciplines that recharges you. I want you to carve out time and just get away with God in the busyness of our lives just to be able to say, you know what, I've got to take this morning and be with God. I have to. I've got to get my spiritual battery back up because I want to be a person that can give away what God has shown me. I badly want that for you. Paul wanted that for the people of Ephesus as well. And when I found this prayer of his for those people, I thought it would be fitting because I want that to be, I want his prayer to be my prayer for you. This is not a prayer where I'm going to ask you to bow your head or close your eyes. In fact, this is a prayer that I want you to focus intently on the screen because this, if I could pray this over you, this is what I would want to do as your pastor. I pray that out of his, God's glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, that he would recharge you so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled, fully charged, to the measure of all of the fullness of God. So today, it's your turn now. Where you at on the meter, let today be a day of recharging for you. Our altars and all of our auditoriums are for the hungry. They're for the hungry. They're for people that are going, I want a full charge of the fullness of God in my life that I would know how wide, and that I would know how long, and I would know how high and how deep the love of Christ is for me, so that I could turn around and share that love even with others. So let's spend time today, while the worship teams come, recharging to the fullness of all that God has for us today. Why don't you stand with me? Father, we take these next few moments And we spend them in prayer, just preparing our heart for what you want to do in us over these next few moments that we have together. Uh, Lord, I I pray over this congregation of people 
That, Lord, you would, you would meet them where they're at. You would woo them to yourself, woo them to the campfire, woo them to this place where your presence dwells. May we, may we just bask in your presence. May we just rest in your presence. May we come to a point where we plug ourselves into you today, God. We just commit ourselves to you and we simply confess that, Lord, without you, we drain, we drain quickly. And we end up with nothing to give. Today we come, Lord, no matter where we are on the spiritual battery meter, we come with open arms and with open hearts saying, God, recharge us. Recharge us spiritually, not just for what we need, but for what you need in us so that we have something to give away to others. Meet us in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.